There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode of the Ringer F1 show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by ArmorAll. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use ArmorAll to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, ArmorAll, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to ArmorAll's website after you buy. Visit ArmorAll.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. ArmorAll, chosen by champions. It is the Ringer F1 show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark. Charles Leclerc wins the Australian Grand Prix. He now leads Max Verstappen, who in theory is his number one title contender by 46 points. But George Russell from Mercedes is now second in the world driver standings. He said after the race, it's crazy to him that he's in the second. Uh, he said that someone told him after the race and he didn't believe them. George, I agree. Uh, <laughs> we bring in for a race recap, RJ Young from Fox. Hello, RJ. What's up, Ke Ke Kevin? Goodness me. <laughs> I'm still, it's 1130 here, man. I should be up. Well, you also stayed up for the race. The race was at 1 a.m. Eastern time. I did not stay up for the race. Who did is you and Deanna from Relapped F1. Hello, Deanna. Hello. How's it going? So, Deanna, I just want to start off here. So, you do a YouTube channel where I, you're mm -hmm. watching every single F1 race ever. Is that correct? So, that, that was how it started. Um, it's become a bit time-consuming at this point <laughs> um, with, with normal life. Um, but that was the initial goal. Um, I have more morphed into kind of doing live race reactions and qualifying reactions um, to the current races. Um, hopefully, I can get back to that historic stuff. I just need to figure out timing-wise. But that is kind of my goal, and it's something that was really interested me, kind of being a new fan and wanting to get all these other new fans coming in from Drive to Survive and stuff like that uh, into the sport. So that was kind of the initial concept. Well, I just wanted to ask, because you've done that, if someone's coming from outer space and they've never seen an F1 race before, they're just getting into it this year, give me one historic race for them to watch where you're just like, oh my God, this is it. Monza, I think it's 1971. It's the closest race finish ever. There's a pack of at least like five or six cars fighting for the lead in every single lap. It is, it's nonstop. Um, I think it's on YouTube, but it's in Italian. So just find a list of the driver numbers because they show the timing tower and you can just see it, watch them switch back and forth. And it, it's really awesome. and just kind of like peak um, F1, I think. Amazing. Okay. So there are so many narratives coming out of this. Imola 
is next with the Ferrari title favorite. I don't think new Formula One fans are quite ready for what that's going to look like. Um, but there is so much going on. RJ, uh, big picture takeaways from what we saw this morning. Ferrari's back, man. Like, like well <laughs> and truly. Like, seriously. Like, it's, it's been long enough that we forgot just how fast those cars can be, right? Like, mm -hmm. what we're looking at, what? Many, really, Fernando Alonso, 2012-ish? Yep. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Max Verstappen, finish the race. That's all I'm asking yep. for you to do. Finish the race. Finish the race. I mean, what is it? 36 points he left? Yep. Last 36 two points, three. last two. Yep, two DNFs. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, man, I just, I want Mercedes to figure things out. But, I mean, I'm with mm -hmm. you, having listened to the show. Uh, by the way, having Nate on, that was great. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. They're, mm -hmm. I don't know how you get another second out of that car. But again, if anybody can do it, it would be them, right? Well, I will say on the Mercedes front, they've been lucky. They've lucked into enough results where if they do get that car to come yes. back, they're in the perfect position to make a comeback later in the season. Right. I completely agree. We're going to get to Mercedes as a topic. Deanna, what's your big picture takeaway? Um, yeah, I mean, it's Ferrari, it's the player. He was untouchable the entire weekend. And you sprinkle in those Red Bull reliability issues. And I think that's probably a world champion. We're only three races in, but it's hard to, it's hard to look past the player. Yeah. So let's start with Ferrari, who I am sure we're doing winners and losers here. I'm sure that Ferrari is on all of our winners lists. Well, actually let's parse that for a second. Charles Leclerc is on all of our winners lists. There might be another Ferrari driver who's on our losers list. Um, but coming into the weekend, watching the qualifying, uh, the point was made that, that, that Ferrari has established themselves by now as an all tracks car, all seasons car. It's just a, a quick car. Um, Christian Horner had made the comment coming in, uh, I think Friday, that this could be a headache race for them because of the porpoising, because they, they were, there would be places where they could take advantage. Uh, that was not the case. Leclerc was in control the entire time. He never dropped back. Um, the fact that he wanted to go for fastest lap at the end when he already had the fastest lap showed you how confident he was, how unbothered he was by, by Red Bull. Even when, listen, Verstappen pushed him a little bit, um, but Leclerc, I mean, he, he looked cool and controlled the entire time. He's been bothered a little bit by this idea that there's a Leclerc 2.0 or that he's changed. He thinks he's always been like this and he just now has the car to do it. Um, but it's, it's, it's really amazing to see the gap widening. And this went from maybe last week or last after the last race saying, okay, this is going to might be a wide open title title race for the ages to Ferrari might have this wrapped up pretty quickly, Deanna. Yeah, it's, it's been quite the shift again. That's all reliability. And, and, um, yeah. Ferrari could get some get into some bad luck, and we can see that that picture change pretty quickly. Um, but it's just great to see Leclerc kind of be back where we thought they all were. I think at the end of last season, um, there's a lot of people saying science is better. Who I love science. I think he's fantastic. Um, I do think the ceiling for Leclerc is a lot higher. Um, but he did just have a lot of um, kind of mistakes and mishaps where science didn't last season. Um, so I'm excited to see, hopefully with the car as good as he ha has, um, what he can do over a season because he's incredibly talented and has not had the car under him the past two years to be able to show that. So, uh, it's really awesome to see. RJ, I'm going to ask a reckless question. Is this over? No, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on. Three. Yeah. Hey, three I'm just asking questions three. here. I'm just asking questions here. Hey man, look, Nike, I just want to echo what Deanna, uh, Deanna said, just 
everybody's fast in Formula One. And this is one of the things I really have a hard time getting across to many people. All 20 of those dudes can get the most out of a car. And most people are still getting used to the idea that the car wins the race and the driver wins the points, right? So finishing the race is the driver's job. But Mm -hmm. it's also Leclerc's feeling himself to that point. I mean, what, 71 points? That's more than Mercedes and Red Bull by himself, right? Um, It's also the purposing bit is interesting to me because, I mean, I watch the driver cam. I'm, I'm the nerd with the F1 TV pro subscription. <laughs> the dude is, he's bouncing just as much as everybody else. Yeah. He's just able to control it. And I don't know if that's just the power that they have or if they figured out the aero package, but he's feeling it. And more to the point, I mean, we'll get into this because I actually want to get, uh, get you guys to take on Carlos Sainz. I don't know that Charles Leclerc is that much better in a Ferrari than Carlos Sainz. I just think it's at this point, did you get lucky or not? Right. Mm-hmm. And if that car is that temperamental, maybe it comes apart for Charles by the time we get to Miami. I mean, I just to that question of, is it over yet? No. I mean, I want to see if they can keep this up because it's, can you do this over 23 races? Not, can you do it over three? Yeah. No, I, I listen. I agree. I'm just saying when you start to look at the the fact that already the gap is massive between Verstappen, who again in theory is the number one title contender, Mercedes has to show us a hell of a lot more before getting into this uh, into this title race. And and Sainz had a nightmare of a weekend. There were problems coming in with the switches on his car. He had to switch out his steering wheel right before um, lights out. I, this was as bad as you could get. And then he spins can't control his car, gets onto the gravel, can't get out. Almost, I mean, unusually devastated. He didn't want to get out of the car. Like, he took so long to get out of the car because he was trying to figure out, I don't, I don't know what his thought process was, um, but he didn't want to get out of the car. It took him forever to 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 either get out of the car and then and start walking as well. Um, he had a nightmare start. He dropped back. Uh, everyone just, just passed him really quickly. Um, this was... This was awful um, for him. And, and you know, I think that there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the season that, okay, Ferrari's showing they're quick. You don't want to establish yourself as the clear number two driver, but I think that we're, we're on that path, Deanna. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit disappointing to see. I think the first couple of races, Leclerc did just have that little bit of pace. It was that extra tent that he just hasn't been able to find yet in this car, that he was kind of on the same exact level with Leclerc last year. And then this is not a science we're used to seeing. I don't think, I mean, it ended his like 13, 14 race streak of, of finishing in the points, um, mm-hmm. but to see somewhat of a not very measured comeback, like he had a mistake and typically he's very cool, calm, collected and comes back, but to kind of make a bit of a adventurous move, trying to pass, I think it was like Schumacher, Maxson, one of the Hasses, um, And then to go up in the grass, like he, had he just kind of taken a second, I think he probably would have battled back, but not really used to seeing that sort of impulsive reaction from science. So um, I think he might be starting to get a little bit flustered. I hope not. But um, at this point, it does look as if, if Ferrari is going to favor anybody, it's going to be Leclerc at the moment. Um, but again, all that can change in a couple races time. Um, yeah. Depending. I wanted to, to get at this, where we're talking about Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz and just what Carlos Sainz has been up against. Because let's remember his teammates have been Max, Lando, and now we're up to Charles. I'm missing somebody. Nico Rosberg, you know, like he's not exactly been matched with somebody he's supposed to outrun. And yet last year he outran Charles Leclerc finishing races. And I thought that this was going to be his year. Like I, 
I really thought that if a Ferrari was going to come along, it would be him, not the dude from mm -hmm. Monaco, uh, which is still wild to me because I still have yep. to put that in my brain because I want to make him French, right? I want to yep. put him in a Renault <laughs> well, or something. I mean, you, can, you can do it. It's fine. <laughs> it's basically. It's fine. Yeah, basically. They're right next to each other. Yeah. You can stay in, you can stay in France and walk over to Monaco. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do. Have you guys talked a bunch about his dad before? Carlos Sainz Sr.? About Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I just it just dawned on me again that he's got to go home to this. Like, yeah, is, that's one of the best rally car well, drivers. Well, you know, in the middle of that race, it didn't yeah, go very well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you got to go home to that. Carlos Sainz Senior would have gotten out of the gravel, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's what he did. He did that for years. Yeah. But no, I think that it's it's funny because he was Carlos Sainz Senior was actually on one of the BBC podcasts post race. Watch, I think after. Uh, Bahrain when it when Ferrari looked like they had the pace this year and he basically he seemed like pretty supportive and I think that he doesn't I think that he's kind of like his son in the sense that he's just happy to be a part of of a team that that is rowing in the right direction because there's trust me there was no guarantee coming into this year Ferrari was going to be this quick and the, the you know it's almost I kind of tongue-in-cheek asked if it was over but like the idea that three weeks ago Ferrari would be pulling away like this um, or their, one of their drivers would be pulling away with this in the championship was ab absolutely unthinkable um, we were coming into the season thinking okay maybe Maybe Red Bull doesn't have it because they went all the way on 2021. We knew that in 2022, there would be teams that had an advantage because they they went all in a year early, almost almost tanked last year. But this this narrative is almost completely insane. Um, let's talk anything else on Ferrari before we get to Red Bull? I think we got it. Let's get to Red Bull here. Um, so the car looks quick and it can't finish races. And Christian Horner, after the race said this was a completely separate issue from what they saw in Bahrain. Um, that actually isn't encouraging. I'm not sure which would be worse, whether it's the same issue over and over again, or if it was completely different and they made some changes to their engineering team midweek. Um, this probably they're, they're, they're going to scramble to figure out what's going on with reliability issues. Uh, helmet Marco afterwards, said they've never had reliability like the reliability issues like this before he's more than concerned about it he thinks that the car is too heavy kind of aside from that he said upgrades are coming in imola um and hopefully they can close the gap uh this is this is a, a pretty big nightmare right now diana yeah it's not great and considering especially sonoda i think in the past couple of races has gone through a lot of stuff or in saudi arabia Gasly's had issues and it's just across the board. It's been rough um, and it has not been consistent. And I, I think that's probably a little bit more concerning because if you fix one issue and another one pops up, like how long is this going to go on? Um, so it's just, it's unfortunate because it's quick. It's a great car. Um, but if you can't finish a race, you're not, it's just, what's the point? So do they need to turn that engine right. down maybe and try to make it to the end of the race? But then how far back does that put them? I don't know. Um, but it's, it's a, big, big concern at this point. So RJ, after the race, Christian Horner said, I'd rather fix a fast car than try to make a reliable slow one and make a reliable slow one fast. Um, basically a dig at Mercedes. He'd rather have this car than Mercedes car because he feels like he can make this car more reliable where Mercedes can't make their car quick. Is he right? Would you rather be Mercedes right now or would you rather be Red Bull? I put myself through school, turning wrenches at a pet boys. He's right. I can't, I can't, I can't. He's right. Like, I, I would want to play whack-a-mole with an engine that I know wants to go fast and a car that I know wants to go fast than try to get more fast out of a slow car, right? Like, yeah, I'm a DF Goblin fan, right? I'm probably mm -hmm. going to end up putting one of those things together. It's a really fast go-kart, but it's also really temperamental. And that's what Ferrari has been 
historically a really temperamental, fast car. But I also thought this was interesting in that Sergio Perez is doing just fine in this car. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Max finishing races, I think, is also about his style. Like, we'll get into this, but one of the ways in which I think Lewis Hamilton sets himself apart from the rest of the drivers is he's going to take care of the car. He's going to know if he has the pace to outrun you. And if he can't, he's going to let you go by because he's not going to risk blowing up the car. Max, he's going to try to blow up the car. He's going to try to push that thing as fast as you can go. Which is another reason why, going back to Leclerc, I want to see if he can keep this up because if you're going to engage in your bloodlust, you're going to push your car to the limit and you're going to break it. Now, if you're Red Bull, break it now so that we don't break it in the second half of the season when we really do have to close down the Constructors' Championship. But also, credit to Christian Horner for just always bucking shots at Mercedes, no matter what. Yeah. Even, even when he knows he's got a better car, he's still yeah. saying, I'm going to needle you and I'm right. going to come after you because, quiet as it's kept, that is still the eight-time defending Constructor champion. Right. They haven't won one in this hybrid era. Yeah, um, it's going to be fascinating to see how both of these teams develop if Ferrari does, in fact, run away with it. So Verstappen, after the race, said, we're already miles behind. I don't even want to think about the championship fight at the moment. Deanna, I, we were talking about what would happen over the past couple of weeks about if Lewis is sort of in the best of the rest category and is fighting for fourth you know, in the World Drivers' Championship or whatever. What about if Max is also in this because of the reliability problems. I mean, obviously, Red Bull and Mercedes are both going to improve, but it's still a 46-point gap already after three races. Yeah, I mean, that just means it's a fun little battle for us. Um, I guess kind of <laughs> similar to the McLaren-Ferrari battle so much year, angrier. They're just so just much angrier. Put it down. Yeah. Um, it's like the it's like the Paul Rudd look at us meme where they're just, yeah. it's, it's Verstappen and Hamilton fighting for fourth on the grid. Yeah, I mean, it'll be you know, kind of bring back the 2021. I mean, I hope Ferrari doesn't run away with it. I hope Red Bull gets the reliability under control. And I hope Mercedes kind of does figure out that package and, and can, is able to fight with them. So Ferrari doesn't run away. But I also don't hate the prospect of maybe over the season as Red Bull figures out the reliability, Mercedes gets a bit quicker and we we see some of that again. Um, so it's always fun. Um, but yes, I'd like all of them to like join up to Ferrari. But at the moment it's looking looking like they're running away a little bit but it looks the same way i think at the end of both races in austria last year for red bull and then that yeah flipped on its head so anything can happen that's right Kevin, and, I, got, and I got a question for you yeah, uh yeah. because I, oh this ferrari situation where they let's call it tanking to get to 2022 right. starting 2020 is this win now for them like have they yeah. leveraged like say the la rams into we have to do it this year <laughs> Or we're not going to do it by the time they got to change up the package and the uh, engine again? Well, I mean, we see this in the NFL a lot, but but also I would say that we thought that Red Bull was all in on 2021. And because, and that, that was the theory last year, is that they right. were spending so much time on their car last year that they weren't going to be even in the competition this year. And they still have a quick car this year, right? And so a lot of times when we say a team is win now, uh, with that, that gets a little bit confused. The Rams, people said, were win now four years ago. And then they won the Super Bowl this year, right? Um, so I think that what's interesting is, and this point has, has been made by a handful of people around Ferrari, is that Ferrari's always been win now until the last couple of years, Right. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that was just circumstance. Part of that was the fact that they literally could not compete with Mercedes and, and Red Bull. So you might as well 
kind of kick the can down the road. Um, people have talked about that with you know Alex Ferguson, where he, he was best at knowing when to sort of retool the lineup and say, okay, you know what, Chelsea's got us this year in in 06 or whatever. Let's let's just work on building an amazing team for 2008, and he certainly did that. Um, and so I think that there's. I think that that win now in Formula One is kind of a misnomer. The the media pressure that is put on Ferrari in Italy and through the rest of Europe is unbelievable. So they really there's a there's a there's a baseline that they have to keep. They can't just go full Cleveland Browns and Ursashi Brown and just and just absolutely do nothing. Um, <laughs> but they still they definitely kept kept one eye one eye on the future. So um, Red Bull, it's a they were leaking fluid. It was it was um, we don't really know what it was. Max stopped the engine himself, and obviously there was the smoke. So we'll find out kind of midweek, I guess. Even though the 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 fuel issue with, um, in Bahrain was never fully explained, um, I'm sure we'll find out at least more details. Um, Deanna, any other winners you want to throw out? Winners, Alexander Albon. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, To stay out for 57 laps and then pit on the final lap. A, he had, it was also Alonzo and K-Mag that stayed out on the hearts. He was, had fantastic pace somehow in that Williams going so late on those tires. I don't know how he continued to pull it out. And then as well, he, his, he had exactly 20 seconds gap back to Joe when he pitted on the final lap, big yeah. props to the Williams pit crew, got him back out. He came back ahead, like three tenths ahead of Joe, but then he was on new stops and was able to pull away and pulled out about two seconds at the end and, and miraculously came up with a point, which I was not expecting. I thought he was going to drop back the same way Alonzo came back did. Um, so that was just, that was awesome. As someone who's tried the no pit strategy in the Formula One video game, it never <laughs> works like no. this. Well, no, isn't it against never the rules? works like that. Like, don't you have to pit at least yeah. once? Well, he did. Yes, he had to pit. He did. Okay. 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 No, he I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying in the, in the F1 game. Like, you I mean, still oh, have yeah. to. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. But you try to, you try to, you try to go for 50 laps. It just never works. It just never works. But no, Albon, totally illegal. No, and it, look, I thought this was interesting in that the TV copy is the TV copy. So I'm going back there to his helmet cam. And I'm watching yeah, yeah. from the 45th lap on. He's driving against himself. Like that was yeah. what was most impressive to me is I'm watching him hit these apexes by himself and basically put in qualifying laps to give himself a shot to get into the pit. And then, as you pointed out, his pit did a fantastic job just getting him back out there on those sauce. But I was, I mean, that's yeah. nails. Like that's what I'm into the sport for is those little bits Especially yeah. when your own race strategist says you're going to finish dead last. Like, I just, <laughs> how do you go into the race and say I'm I'm supposed to take yeah. points from this? No, you just you try to go. And then when they got the safety car, it worked out for them because they're still on those hards. Yeah. They're still able to go out. No, it was fantastic. And I'm glad to know that Alex Albon has had good things happen to him in a way that say nothing good ever happens to Nicholas Latifi. Right. And I think that perhaps we're looking at a dude that is costing more money than his sponsorships will allow. But that's neither here nor there. And also, he kept Akon, who was on 17 lap newer tires behind him for 30 laps. Yeah. Yes. Which is <laughs> insane. And yes. in that Alpine that looked earlier in the weekend, it, it went downhill, but that Alpine looked switched on kind of early and he kept it behind for the entire time. So big props to Alba. Unbelievable drive for him. I, I just, yeah. I re- legitimately loved to see it. And, and again, I, I'm with you, RJ. Like that kind of stuff is why. We watch Formula One. It's it's not necessarily okay who can maximize the Ferrari. It's actually who can go from P twenty to P ten with that kind of strategy. I I just I just adored that. Um, and what's your what's your uh, next winner, RJ? So let me see. We talked about we talked about Ferrari. We talked about Certainly. Charles Leclerc. I got a controversial one. So oh, 
get at me about this. Fernando Alonso. Okay. So for the second straight week, we know that Alpine can go. That zombie Renault, it's about its business. And when that dude has had a car that he believes in, he is feeling himself. And, you know, he said he was speechless at the end of this one because, look, they're P6, P7, they're on the hards, and then they get unlucky with the safety car. But in qualifying, the hydraulics go out. I mean, it's a, it's a Red Bull problem at this point. Mm-hmm. Can you get him a car that he can finish the race with? Because Ocon is still basically getting the benefit of the better car in the way that Charles Leclerc is getting the benefit of the better car than Carlos Sainz. But I, I like the two-time world champion here. By the way, you have to say two-time world champion whenever you say Fernando Alonso. I don't know if anybody ever saw that <laughs> or knew that. But no, I watched the Fernando documentary uh, on Prime. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's great. So the first season is just him going from discipline to discipline, right? And that's probably the most versatile driver in the world. And then this next one is him basically coming back to Renault. And there's this great scene of him test driving the 2005 Renault in like Mm -hmm. 2021. And Lewis Hamilton hears the V10. And he's just like, that is the greatest sound a racing car (laughs) has ever made. Why did we go away from that? And, you know, we all know why we went away from that. Uh, not the least of which is it's not safe, but also they're just trying to get more sustainable. But that dude can drive the hell out of a car. And if mm-hmm. you let him get within reach or have the feeling that he had this year where he's like, I'm supposed to podium this week. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. I think he's very close to winning a Grand Prix. And it shouldn't shock anybody when it happens because he really is in a good car for the first time. It feels like, in at least half a decade. I mean, McLaren for me was a disaster and he's getting mm-hmm. his legs back last year. And I think at 40, he's also kind of feeling it like, hey, um, I'm not the old guy that you just put out to pasture. I'm the old guy that Esteban Ocon couldn't beat last year. So mm-hmm. keep your Oscar Piastri to yourself. All right. <laughs> Shove that in your pastry. Okay. I'm the only Spanish Grand Prix. Oh, uh, excuse me. I, yeah, he is the only Spanish Grand Prix champion. Now that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it. The only other dude to take a poll. So, yes, I think he was a winner in this because for the second straight week, he feels good about it, what he had. He just was unlucky. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I, by the way, so a couple weeks ago, we did an F1 mock draft with Ryan Hunt and Megan Schuster and Erica. And Ryan, who is a lifelong F1 fan, took Fernando Alonso as his driver. And the amount of people, we have a lot of new F1 fans listening because it's, we're, we're based in America. And the amount of people who DM'd me or tweeted at me and were like, I didn't know Fernando Alonso really was. I thought he was just like a middle of the pack driver. And so I looked him up and it turns out he's amazing. I'm like, yes, it, it's uh, yes. This is, <laughs> if it, it, and I, I text, I, 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 I WhatsApped Ryan and I was sending him screen grabs and I was like, if our only like accomplishment as a podcast is to get people to understand how good Fernando Alonso was 15 years ago, I'm happy with that. Um, Deanna, how does this kind of mid pack uh, driver, you know, went in the Alpines here. How does that shake out to you now? Now that it looks like McLaren has has regained some footing. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think McLaren that was a a huge surprise for this weekend after the kind of yeah. abysmal uh, first two races that they had. Um, so it'll be interesting. I do think it was just unfortunate issues for Alonso all weekend long. I'm gonna think that that Alpine's better at this point, um, mm. kind of consistently across the season. Um, we'll see as the season goes on. Um, but they seem like they have, for the most part, a tidy little engine in there um, that isn't having too many reliability issues. Although I say that and crash and qualifying, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm like kind of, I think that Alpine is in that kind of eight, nine, 10 kind of consistently towards yeah. mid to back of the points. Um, so I think they'll definitely are kind of mid grid right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's get to my next winner, which is uh, Mercedes, who are now not only is George Russell second, but obviously Mercedes is second in the Constructors Championship, which is astounding. And this is only due to the reliability issues the Red Bulls had. But this is basically them holding serve when they've got nothing um, and they're only going to get better. Uh, Russell said they don't have anything major in the pipeline as far as upgrades over the next few few weeks, but I, I can't imagine that they won't just improve. And you saw, by the way, just Mercedes engines being okay this week in a way that they hadn't been. So something has been figured out. Um, it was a bumpy ride. You know, you watch practice, you watch qualifying. It was unsteady. It was bouncy. Um, so Lewis Hamilton, who got unlucky, by the way, with the safety car, that keeps happening, by the way. Strange how... Uh, it's just the most cursed person on the planet as far as the safety car goes. Um, but he had a uh, a line there that I think a lot of people picked off over the radio where he said, you guys put me in a really difficult position, which a lot of people took to mean being behind Russell um, and the strategy part of it. But he said afterwards that it was because his engine was overheating and he couldn't really push it. Having said that... Um, this was this was a win for them. Um, you know, Russell getting up there. There was that time there. Uh, Checo passed Russell, and at one point they said that tire management is more important than position. George said, "That's not what I want to hear." Um, but they were competitive throughout, 
And I think that if you were to tell a Mercedes fan that they'd be in this position three weeks ago, they'd say, deal me out. That sucks. But if you see everything that's happened leading up to this point, I feel like you'd be feeling pretty good, Deanna. Yeah. I mean, they've just, as I kind of mentioned at the beginning, they've lucked into a bunch of stuff because of of a lot of Red Bull issues. But again, that has left them in the position where if they do get that car back, um, that they can be right in the fight uh, later in the season. So, I mean, it's great. I think Russell's starting to look pretty good in that car. Um, he did yep. get lucky with the safety car um, and probably would have finished behind Hamilton without that. But um, he seems to be about on the pace with him, pretty close in qualifying and in the race. Um, so that's really awesome to see. And I'm kind of ready for him to kind of have one of the bigger, I mean, he got a podium this race, but kind of one of those big kind of breakout races. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited for at least Russell in the future of that team. Um, we'll see how the rest of the season goes for them, but hopefully they can get back and fight. I agree. RJ, so Lewis Hamilton said he's going to be on, quote, a lot of Zooms of the next couple of weeks pushing for developments in the car. When does the breakout come for this team, if it comes? It's a very good question because I think we're all trying to nail that down. But what we're all sure about is that it's going to come, right? Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to just lean on Toto here, right? Because <laughs> this he's been planning for this sort of a moment for eight years, right? Mm-hmm. He's, the, our culture is such that we don't get complacent. Winning does not come cheap. Do not get used to winning. I mean, all of these ways in which he's trying to reinforce to the entire team, this is going to happen to us. We are prepared for this. We're going to find a way to be a little bit more savvy about what we do. And I think he's also been realistic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you think about this because uh, what you do for a living covering the NFL, he seems to be just a kind of an open book. If you want to ask Mm -hmm. him a question, He'll answer the question. He'll answer it honestly. Like he's just saying, we don't know where we're going to get another second from, but we're going to chip here. We're going to chip there. We're going to try some things. And I think it's kind of cute that Lewis is going to be on a lot of Zooms asking for ways to improve (laughs) the car. Because I'm like, you're not an engineer, man. I mean, and that's- This this could have been an email. This this, this Zoom could have been an email. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I I, I mean, you could say that, but he's just frustrated because he's used to having the best car. And he has, right? For the last- what decade at least. So this is a new territory for him, but also George Russell is kind of showing everybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is what it looks like when you're happy to be in a Mercedes. This is what Mm -hmm. it looks like when I no longer have to just be yelling and complaining about this Williams that continues to let me down. And you're also seeing what that means for not just him, but guys like Valcheri, who I think is a great Mm -hmm. person for new F1 fans to get to know because he's great character, but also you're seeing what he's able to do with that Alfa Romeo and, following another great Finn to Alpha. Like it seems to be their retirement home at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like. I just know that it's going to be apparent because Lewis is still going to get the most out of the car. And if George yeah. is right there with him, that's going to be fun because I don't know if they've discussed this or not. And I, I'd be curious of, of both your takes. If George gets himself a lead in the driver's championship, yeah. are we close to saying, hey, Lewis, let George through? I, I would have a hard time believing that unless George was actually going to win the World Drivers' Championship. Okay. That, okay. that would be the only way that would even be a conversation. I think if it's between two and three, I think, Deanna, you're, you're nodding in agreement. If it's between two and three, you let them race. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be more let them race than kind of let him through unless it was like really like strategy dependent. Um, right. I think Russell came into this team knowing this year that he would basically be the second driver. He's there to play the team game. 
Um, although if he starts, I think, getting more taste of podiums and stuff, he might be a little bit more aggressive on that front. Um, but I would say at least kind of, unless he has a significant lead kind of going into the later part of the season, that they're still going to um, kind of yeah. favor Lewis and, and, and that sort of thing. It, it would be, it would be, it'd be very, very hard circumstances for, for that to happen. Yeah. I raised that issue because of Nico and Lewis six years ago, right? The mm-hmm. famous Toto, I'm going to drag you out in front of the carpet in front of everybody going, if you do this to us again, I'm going to fire you. So that, that's why right. I asked because they've, there's a history of it in that team where I think they're a little bit more sensitive than someone else might be. I will. I think the difference is though, George knows he's the future of that team. Whereas yes. Nico versus Hamilton, that was very much yes. for the lead driver at that moment. Um, right. So. And everything, everything in both of Nico and Lewis's career had almost been building to that. To yeah. the, and this is not the case. Lewis and, and George are on completely different timelines. Right. Um, Deanna, give us a loser. A loser. Oh, God, there's so many options. Okay. Here's my, <laughs> uh, my big one is Aston Martin as a whole. Yes, that's, my, just, that's my first one, too. Um, this is the list of things that happened to them this weekend that I have. So Vettel <laughs> went out in FP1, um, then got fined for riding a scooter on track, then missed FP2 because of that retirement. Then crashed in FP3. Then Stroll crashes in Q1 with Latifi and the, one of the dumbest incidents I've ever seen. Gets a three-place grid penalty for that. Seb doesn't make it out of Q1. Seb, well, at the beginning of the race, goes out into the gravel on that little excursion, kind of drops to the back. Then he spins himself and crashes, retires. Stroll pits three times, miraculously finds himself in the points. Um, but then proceeds to get a five-second penalty for weaving, um, loses out to Gasly, Bottas, and Joe, and he only finished ahead of Schumacher because Schumacher was getting lapped by Leclerc. Disaster. <laughs> only team to not score points. Bravo! That's <laughs> all. Like, that's the comedy. No, that's it. That's great. Like, <laughs> Is there? I, I don't even know if there's anything else to add, except that the, the Canadian billionaire on Canadian billionaire crime yeah. during qualifying was very funny to see. Yes, it was fantastic. Uh, there can't be destroyed. that many. There cannot be that many Canadian billionaires, right? Oh. And so, the fact that two of their children are F one drivers, like if you're the, like the one son of a Canadian billionaire and you're not in the F one grid, are you kind of like, oh, Dad, what's what happened there? Yeah, I guess so. Um, they're exactly forty five, apparently. Forty five, and two Bill- of the billionaires in Canada. Yeah. in Canada. So yeah. if you're from a billionaire family, you have a higher than a two percent chance. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. As far as demographics go, that's the mm-hmm. easiest that's way the best one to get an F1, yeah. statistically. Um, RJ, any other losers? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still cackling about, about the five-second penalty. Um, yeah. Merck engineers. I, mm. You knew this was coming. This is what you're paid for. Yeah. I mean, you're the people that spend $250 million on developing a powertrain. I, yeah. If, if anybody is having to pull their collar to let out some steam, it's them. I mean, you mm-hmm. also know that you got to get Lewis number eight. You have to, right? That's why yeah. I was raising that issue. Um, outside of that, I could, I could go with Carlos Sainz, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But we discussed that. I think what's interesting about all of this is that none of us yet have slotted McLaren yeah. or Ricardo or Norris. I, I, they're a definite winner. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think they're both def- finished I, points, or did, did both finished points and both showed competence where we thought that maybe 
they were going to be completely adrift all season. And there were questions about yeah. their engine. There was questions about everything. Um, there, there were, there were some comments sort of midweek about how they, they basically figured some things out that maybe that this track was more um, conducive to them, that they did have some small upgrades. Um, but this is really just, you know, they didn't have a, a lot of, of, of success during testing and then a lot of laps during testing. Um, Daniel had, had COVID at one point. Like, so this, was this was the race where at least they they came into their own i would say yeah they also got zach brown off of ice and put andres Sido, <laughs> you know in front of a microphone i'm just gonna point that out to all you drive That's to right. survive fans that dude doesn't That's actually right. make the car go <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh deanna any other losers before we get to a couple of listener questions time zones is a loser for me oh my um, god i do not know how the australians do it consistently a 1 a.m. race. And the fact that there are so many fans, again, I would say another winner though is Australian race. We had about 420,000 people there, which is the biggest ever biggest event, event in, in the history of Australia. Any, which is any wild. Sport. Take that, Aussie rules football. <laughs> what else happened to Australia? What's, what's the biggest sport in Australia? Yeah, uh, Australia Open right. in the mud. Well, so uh, I think it was mud. Jake Michaels over at ESPN okay. wrote about this and he was okay. saying that they had basically adapted the model that the Australian Open used for Formula One because they knew they had a popularity problem and their fastest yeah. growing demographic is women and they have been punching up, say, Lando Norris and whatnot. But to have 410,000 people show up for a three-day event, one, if you live in Melbourne, I'm sorry, because I, I know that sucks. Um, <laughs> I say, dude, you've been... LA, New York, traffic, yeah, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. And you have oh, 410,000 yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, 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 I got gotcha. you. Okay. I thought, no, you're just, I thought not going anywhere. was catching a general strike. No, <laughs> no, no. Just that mass. You had that, I, was gonna, I was gonna let you own that take that Melbourne sucks. It's just the traffic about 410,000 people. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Um no, now, of, now, listen, this is an international podcast, buddy. They're coming right for you. Uh well, this is getting to you in the past since you are in the future. So just don't take offense. That's all I'm saying to that point about watching a race at midnight, yeah. my time. And my goodness, if you're on the West Coast, um, yeah. this was great, right? 10 o'clock start to the race and you go straight to bed. I thought it was really fun to see that many people at an F1 event because mm -hmm. I thought before that, the best one that had been attended is probably like Silverstone or even I think Austin got up there. Austin's last Austin's up there. Right. I was right. at Austin and that was that 410,000 people. That's technically over the weekend, but it is yeah. somewhat of a nightmare trying to like weave your way through that many people. But to my point, you know, yeah. I guess. But okay, I think, um, now I want to defend myself, Kevin. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. Now you have me scared. <laughs> no, just, it took me like what should have been about like a 15, 20 minute ride from where I was in Austin, like over an hour every single time. It was wow. awful. The traffic was off, but they do not have the infrastructure down there to cope with Speaking all of which, those people. Good luck in Miami. Yeah, right? I know. No. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that and dreading it at the same time. Yeah. Good luck. I was gonna go, but then uh, just no. Just no. Just no. Just that's no. that's that's good. That's a good. That's a good. <laughs> a good uh a good out it's just just no um all right a couple questions from listeners um rj this one's this one's for you um because i i think we're gonna have an answer some colossus what other sports would you like to see the pay driver concept adopted i'd love to see a houston rockets roster spot allocated to whoever brings in credit karma money so i think this actually happens in college football 
Mm. Like donors get their kids on the teams all the time. That's the only analogy. It's never, it can't happen in any other sport except mm-hmm. car racing. It happened, by the way. Um, it's not pay, pay drivers is, is not the exact term, but like in NASCAR, a lot of the drivers are the family members of team owners, team principals. We saw that. I mean, the the, the fight on Friday night with, with Ty Gibbs, obviously Joe Gibbs' grandson, he owns the team. He, he gets a very good car, all that stuff. That's the only, that's the only place it would work. Do, can we get pay drivers anywhere else, RJ? Yeah. In your sport, <laughs> NFL coaches. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. yeah. Quality control guys. Shout out Arthur Smith. You know, yeah. uh, oh, no, shout out- Arthur Smith's actually, but he's not even, he's the son of a billionaire. Well, that's right. That's, FedEx. Right. Hey, that, if, that if FedEx bought the Falcons, if FedEx bought the Falcons and named Arthur Smith coach, that's the exact analogy. <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to the Jerry Jones family. Uh, uh, I can't wait to watch his grandson get into the business. But that's right. uh, I do think you're, I mean, there's something to the walk on who's, you know, happy to be on the team. But normally that dude can either play or he can't. And everybody kind of treats him as if um, every now and again, you have a, an actual player who walks on. Uh, an example of this would be Bob Stoops' son, Drake, who turned out to be <laughs> right. a hell of a wide receiver. Started out as a walk on. was probably undervaluated because he's his dad's son. Um, but no, I, I mean, I see oh, it I more often one. than we think. Go ahead. Ron says that he wants to play with his son one last year, oh, so he's going to yes, get drafted. Ronnie, like, Ronnie James. Yep. Ronnie James. Yep. Okay. There we go. Oh, my There's gosh. One. I never even thought about this concept. <laughs> Ronnie as a pay driver for LeBron's. Yep. For LeBron playing for the Hornets in 2024. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He went straight to he went straight to the heart on that one. Not Cleveland, no Charlotte. <laughs> Have some what? I, I, Charlotte's fine. Look, oh, look. If I'm Michael trying. Jordan puts LeBron James on his team and lives, gives a pay slot to Bronny James, that's the best thing that's ever happened to NBA Twitter. You know that, right? I agree. I, agree. I would love a reason to care this. about the Hornets. Um, as a North Carolinian, that's definitely the basketball team in that state that everybody cares the least about. <laughs> are you are you a Hornets fan? No, I don't really. Okay, I mean, I, so I grew up. <laughs> I, I grew up in the Raleigh Durham area, so I um, sure. do. You just have to. Oh, you're. Oh boy, did you take I a W in, or an L? I was in New Orleans. Oh, 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 this is tough. This is tough. Yeah, anyway. this is tough. Should have mentioned that, but Let's, we got to move off that because <laughs> we're almost at the end of the pod. Um, Dana, this question's from Anthony. Are we at the point that Christian Horner has to find something Ferrari is doing that's illegal? he will he will that's just his pastime it's his hobby he loves to do it um just protest away it's gonna happen he's gonna do it to the mercedes even though they're probably behind them most of the time um it's just he loves it he lives for it he, he's I'll got find a way to like be in the middle of everything. even 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 if red bull is just totally adrift and has no chance at the constructor championship or yeah. the driver's championship he will find it for sport he will try to disqualify every single team in front of him <laughs> including himself <laughs> yes. that's, that's the yeah. end don't just oh the red ball i don't know about that i don't know about that rear wing guys yeah um wow guys this was fun um thank you to everybody for either staying up and watching the australian G- gp at one in the morning eastern time or 10 wherever you were uh or dvring it or doing however however it is you found it in the world um we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, we actually are, I think we're scheduled to have our first actual F1 guest this week. Um, hopefully that, that all turns into something good. Um, but otherwise it's been great. Thank you to Erica Cervantes for her production help. 
This has been the Ringer F1 show on the Ringer Podcast Network.